Welcome to League One Fun, presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. This is Ira Jersey. On today's show, I speak with North Texas captain Breck Evans. We talk about moving from the academy into the professional ranks and about the club's first big loss to forward Madison this past weekend. Here's me speaking with Breck. On the line with me is Breck Evans, 19-year-old central defender and captain of North Texas Soccer Club. Breck, thanks very much for coming on League One Fun. Uh, to start, how did a guy from Culver City, California, uh, end up on uh, in the FC Dallas Academy? Um, you know, it was a pretty long process. I grew up in Culver City and playing for various um, youth teams and um, in and around the Los Angeles area. And... I was on this one youth team, and Beto Dos Santos, who's the, the uncle of Giovanni and Jonathan Dos Santos, he, um, they, were, they were having a tryout at this thing called the Cosmos Academy West, so he was like assistant coach on my local team, and he invited me there. It was an hour drive, and I made the team and trained with them that year, and then um, the year after that was the start of the U12 LA Galaxy Academy, so I took a lot of kids from our team invited to try out there so I obviously went on the tryout and switched over to the team and played there for two years maybe three years and then my dad got a really good job opportunity in Dallas so um, our family made the decision to pick up and move to Dallas and um, Ted Eck was one of the coaches at LA Galaxy and he knew someone in the front office for FC Dallas and they they didn't really give me a spot, but they just gave me a tryout here, you know, doing a favor. And like I was initially a DP, so just kind of a practice player with the academy, my U14 year. And uh, so I, I played U14 year, 15, U16, and then two years of U18 before going to college for a semester and then signing. Yeah, so so a couple of questions uh, about that. So let, let's start a couple of years ago. Were you always a defender center back? Because you know, presumably you weren't always six four, right? So at, at at some point, did you transition from another position, or was that just a natural place that you always found yourself? Um, I was always kind of tall and lanky, but I I played um center mid, and then when I moved to Dallas, they put me at left back, so I played left back for like U fourteen. U15 and then U16 year I got a, a really serious back injury so I was out for um, upwards of five months and when I came back actually Lucci was the coach and I had grown like four five inches and he like he had the talk with me saying that like I've grown a lot and that they see potential as a center back instead of a left back so I kind of started training there and getting reps and learning the position and I've been playing center back ever since. That's great. So, so let's talk about just before you kind of entered the ranks of the uh, professional game, and you were uh, the captain of the uh, FC Dallas U19s. Uh, you did that first. Did that leadership role you think help you uh, slot in as the captain of North Texas in their inaugural year? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Hayden was the coach of that team, and. He is now like the academy director. He also has a like an important role with North Texas. Um, so, and just being from the academy, I know a lot of the other guys are 
on this team have come from the academy. But um, being familiar and like in preseason, I like developed a good relationship with Eric Quill pretty soon, pretty early. And, um, you know, center backs are typically pretty vocal on the field and leaders. So it just kind of worked out. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, this is something that I actually asked one of your uh, one of your peers at uh, FC Tucson last week, uh, Mr. Ventner. And, and, you know, how much practice do you do in that communication? Because, you know, like you said, you know, being in the center back, you have to communicate a lot, both with your defense, but also, you know, you see the whole field. So presumably you you can help, uh, you know, spark some attacks and and uh, and help with as well as help with the defensive effort. So how much do you guys practice that communication and, you know, moving and and uh, and, and talking with your teammates? Um, when we're when we're training, like in a like for instance, today since we have a game tomorrow, we we did eleven v eleven and kind of like with the starting group and working on counter prevention. You don't really practice just talking, but you, you definitely make sure to incorporate it within the drill. And sometimes talking more than what may feel necessary and getting out of your comfort zone makes it so in the game it it comes out more fluidly because in the game, you know, giving your teammates around you the maximum amount of information possible is only going to help. So in, in terms of training, I think just just forcing it out of you, even when it may not feel like you need to say anything or 100% natural, is how, how it comes out in the game. So you guys are having a great season so far, but obviously this past weekend you guys took your lumps away at Forward Madison. Uh, you know, you're only your second loss, but also you know one of your the, the first time you guys let up four goals in, in a single game. Um, you know, firstly, wh- what what was the mood like uh, during the trip home? And also, anything special that you as a captain, as one of the team leaders, you know, do, is there anything special that you have to say to your teammates? I mean, obviously, everyone was not in a happy mood, what one would guess. But, uh, you know, how do you how do you say, look, you know, move on from this. We have another match on Tuesday. Let's uh, um, let's get past this. How, how does how do you do that with a, a relatively young team? Um, well, the, after the game and. Like dinner, it was pretty silent. People were were really emotional. Um, I'd say like we were pretty distraught after what had happened. I mean, they have a really good atmosphere in Madison, and this the odds were kind of stacked against us. So, I mean, uh, the the next day at breakfast, uh, Eric addressed the team, and you know he said what needed to be said. And like I've had talks with some of the guys and. I mean, we've all put it past us, and today we had a good training session and are looking forward toward tomorrow to kind of kind of leave that, that game and, and the memory and learn from it, not necessarily forget it, but use it as a learning experience to, to just come out on top in the future. And so, so you mentioned that, you know, you have good rapport with Eric and that you knew, you know, coach before uh, uh, before you came on um, as being part of the academy. How much interaction do you as a player have with the first team? And also, you know, what have they told you you need to work on personally in order to, you know, get some looks by the first team if, you know, there's an injury or, um, you know, or, or uh, just if you know, the team's doing really well and they want to, you know, try out a couple of new guys. Have they, have they told you, you know, what specifically you need to work on within your game? Um, yeah, I mean, they're always giving you feedback with, I mean, for me personally, one of the things is being vocal, which I mean, building upon what I already do and then 
being more aggressive and kind of being like that general on the field where you communicate with your, your teammates to, to sniff out the danger before anything really happens. And uh, just like the physical side, you know, I'm still a teenager and working in the gym and getting stronger, faster. So because, I mean, well, it, it, it's, a, it's a man's game and there's, there's grown men who, who are 30 years old and, I mean, if they don't perform, they, they can't provide for their families, you know. So those guys have been in the game for a while and are strong and fully developed and it, it's important that young players like myself get gets that level of physical maturity. So how, out of curiosity, be, before you were a, a pro and, and now, how much soccer did you watch before and, and how much do you watch or are you able to watch now with, you know, all these, all the international competitions especially going on? You know, there, there's not no MLS right now, but uh, at least not, not until the weekend. But how much, uh, um, you know, how much do you watch a Gold Cup and, and Women's World Cup and Copa America? Is it, is it just 24-7 soccer or do you disconnect sometimes? No, I watch a, a ton of soccer. I don't I don't feel like I ever disconnect. Like if there's a game on with like an elite team, especially with Copa America going on and before that there were um the the European Nations Cup and yeah, every single day there's a, if there's a good game on, I'll I'll watch it. So what, record it and watch it at night, you know. So when you do watch it, what what do you look out for? Do you like focus on the center backs and and like say that's something I should do or that's something he should do better? Like, it, it, does it wind up being a natural critique of of their game, uh, or do, do you just watch it for enjoyment purposes? Yeah, I feel like I uh, I definitely am a natural critique. Like I'll think to myself, oh, he shouldn't have done that, or wow, that was a really smart play. It worked out and. And when you kind of in training or in a game, you, you get in the same situations. There's sometimes you have you have flashbacks to what you saw on the, on the TV or what you had envisioned in your mind what the player should have done. And if it's in a sim- similar situation, that that can benefit you. So learning from from experience, right? Uh, so we can't get away without talking about Ricardo Pepe a little bit here. Uh, you know. I hope at some point he comes back to North Texas SC uh, now that he's signed a homegrown homegrown contract with uh, FC Dallas. Certainly he was a a key for you guys. Obviously you have other scoring threats out there. We've seen that already uh, in a number of matches. But but how much do you think that the team will miss Ricardo when he is up with uh, FC Dallas and and not uh, not with you guys either on the bench or uh, or on the field? Um he he will be missed, but at the same time there's there's other players ready to step up. I mean, Ronaldo has has seven goals. He's tied with Pepe in the Golden Boot race um, in League One. And there's there's other players like Arturo. I mean, he was he was the player of the month last month. He creates and scores goals. Um, I think it more than anything it provides a an opportunity for someone to be the next person to get the homegrown contract or to be seen by another club or to have that pedestal for success. So, you know, you, you talk about that pedestal for success and, and people moving up. So some, some guys that you've played with, you know, Brandon Cervania, for example, went to the U-20s. Um, you, you know, how, how do you think about that and, and maybe your own future? I mean, there's, the, you know, was the possibility that, um, you know, maybe you could have had a look for, for the U-20s as well. Um, you, you know, how much do you do you talk to those guys about their experiences with the national teams? 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty close with Brandon, and he discusses like how how it, how it's different there and how similarities and um, like training with the first team how it it benefits him, you know, to to go out there in the international competition and watching the U20 World Cup. I mean, I I think he played really well, like didn't just hold his own, but he he kind of stepped out of his shell and did really well. So it just goes to show that like playing meaningful professional minutes like North Texas can can prepare a player for literally the biggest stage, a World Cup. Yeah, uh, actually, Jason, my co-host and I actually mentioned that if Brandon maybe had started that last knockout game, that, that perhaps uh, he would have been able to close down that midfield a little bit like he has for North Texas SC throughout the season. So, Breck, thanks very much. If, uh, uh, you know, we love having you on the show. Uh, we look forward to having a great rest of the season. And, uh, you know, the competitiveness of North Texas is, um, it, you know, really shows throughout your game. So uh, all the best. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on the pod. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out bgn.fm for other great soccer podcasts and written content covering USL League One, USL Championship, USL League Two, NWSL, MLS, and much more. You can find us on Twitter at League and the number one fun. I can be found at Ira Jersey. Jason can be found at Home Sweet Soccer. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. On behalf of Breck and myself... We hope to see you Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Time when we record League One Fun. Have a good day.